0: Thank you, Van Eyes, for offering your gift of music Uh, when you're tired after orientation. uh, These are four freshman students and one freshman student from Cal Poly who doesn't doesn't started work yet, and um, I'm delighted that you were able to offer your gift of music. Thank you. It's not often when the admissions recruits a whole band. How cool is that? The short list. The theme for this fall's chapel service came to me when I was in worship last January in Biloxi, Mississippi. I was not alone. 31 students, faculty, no faculty, staff and alums went to uh, the third winter mission trip to be a part of the recovery efforts from the devastating effects of Hurricane Katrina. For a little over a week, we poured concrete Built subfloorings, set-in kitchen cabinets, and a host of other building projects in four homes, all of which had been either damaged or utterly destroyed by that hurricane. On Sunday morning, we worshipped at an active, full-of-life, gospel-centered, lively house of God in the black gospel tradition. The service began when the women in the gospel choir started to sing. I don't know, 5, 10, 15 minutes of singing. Oh my, could they sing. They were a little bit like a Conan's or Jay Leno's backup band. Encouraging us, getting us pumped up, raising their hands and moving to the beat with not one little piece of music in front of them. It just oozed out of their heart. A leader from the church welcomed us. Our group from Kowaloo was the only visitors on that day. We didn't exactly look like the other visitors dressed up in their fine Sunday clothes. We came in with uh, dirty Levi's, tennis shoes, t-shirts. When they heard that we were working, rebuilding homes in Biloxi, we were treated like honored guests. When the leader learned that a pastor was among our group, he called me forth to the front of the chancel. Now, I've been told that if you are a preacher and you visit a Baptist church, by golly, you better have a little sermon ready to go in your pocket. (laughs) So with a bit of trepidation and an empty pocket, I ventured forward. He bent low into my ear and quietly made a request, as I'm sure blushed, Give us a prayer, preacher. Give us a prayer. So I did. You know, I said, The Lord be with you. A few Cal Lutheran students said, And also with you. (laughs) And, And then I started to pray. But as I did so, the women of the gospel choir chimed in, Give us the word, sister. They shouted, I kept praying, amen. I became emboldened, "Mm mm-hmm, you tell it, whoa. Well, that final "Mm mm-hmm kind of melted my defenses. I have no idea what I prayed about. All I know is this, it was the longest prayer I have ever prayed in my life, One gigantic sentence with not a lick of punctuation in there. And we finally came to the last word. I said amen, and they said a big amen in response. Wow, I'm a better prayer when I have a gospel choir behind me. It doesn't get much better than that. And yet it did get better. Eventually, the leader who was the pastor finally came out from this hidden door on the side of the choir, and he started to preach. And he started out slow and soft, but man, how he ended. Well, he talked about all the abundance of lists that were popular on the web. From 15 truly odd geographical facts to the top 10 rules for punctuation for the 15 worst pickup line rejections, To the most fatal occupations, there are lists galore to be found and read. Looking at all those lists made him wonder, what about God? Does God have any lists? Well, maybe we could say the Ten Commandments, or the Beatitudes that Christine read, or maybe even the fruit of the Spirit. Yet he focused on what he called the short list. Micah 6, 8. The setting is a courtroom. A lawsuit has been recorded by the prophet Micah against the people of God. The mountains and the hills are witnesses. God has richly blessed the people. Time and time again, the people have responded with ingratitude and contempt With no adequate defensive argument that could possibly be given, there was little to say. How could the people, the nation, amend for their sins? What could they possibly do? Would God want complex and bloody sacrifices? What about rich and costly oil? What if they sacrificed their own children? What would it do to make up for their ungratefulness? No, those actions would not get to the heart of the matter. They would not satisfy God. No, true repentance would need to be lived out rather differently. Do justice, love, kindness, walk humbly with God. To do justice would mean to be aware of one's own actions that would harm another person as well as the causes of injustice, whatever they might be. To love kindness or mercy would involve a commitment to live in such a way that mutual respect, goodwill, and loving concern was given to neighbor, both far and near. To walk humbly with God would be seeing the world as if you're looking through God's own eyes, to act in the world as God would act. The short list, if you want to know, To know what God's intention for you is, look to the short list. Do, love, walk. That's it. Our president, Chris Kimball, challenged the transfer in first-year students at Saturday's Welcome Orientation. He challenged them with a few questions, important questions that get at the heart of meaning and purpose. Who am I? What have I been put here to do? To what service can I put my gifts? What am I called to do? These central questions of discernment about who you are as a human person living in community, called to serve the world and your neighbor, find their fulfillment in the shortlist. It's not so much a matter of rules or regulations, rather their way of God's way appointing us towards a new reality— a new vision of how the world can be, the world as God sees it, a world where justice does prevail for the meek, the empty, the disinherited, the poor in spirit, a world where kindness and mercy hold sway to friends and enemies alike, a world of people walking together in harmony, in the light of God's wide embrace and love. It's quite a world that God envisions. It may be topsy-turvy to our eyes, eyes that are accustomed to thinking that money buys happiness or at least a lot of freedom, that those who are strong and powerful are most blessed. It may be that God's shortlist, do, walk, love, is not so much a concise to-do list at all. The important part is what the list does to us, the way we are moved from looking at the world from above, from an egocentric position, from viewing it as God sees it in the midst of the world. We see a picture of what God sees, a world of need in love, And compassion. Perhaps we're not so different from the people of the prophet's generation. God has richly blessed us. Our gratitude is often ho hum. But when we let that reality sink in to our hearts and minds, can any of us pass up the opportunity, the chance, to respond to God in the same way? do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with God. Amen.